Hey everybody, it's Pastor George. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I don't know what you're doing right now. Maybe you're grabbing a coffee on the way to work. Maybe you're helping the children. You're building some arts and crafts. Maybe you're doing your daily exercise routine, driving to the grocery store. I don't know what you're doing, but I am glad that you've tuned in today. Uh, today, it is my purpose as every day and my passion to teach you practical biblical principles that you can apply to your everyday life. But not to just teach you practical biblical principles, but to also give you new practices or help you find practices that you can place in your life to help you walk out or execute these principles that you're trying to apply. So today on this marvelous Monday, I wanted to take time out of my day to come give you some motivational words and to give you some principles that you could apply to your life. They're practical and I'm going to give you some practices that you can execute these principles with. So we have three responsibilities in becoming like Christ. That's a principle. Principle is we have responsibilities. We have three main responsibilities in becoming like Christ. First, we must choose to let go of old ways of acting. We must choose to let go of old ways of acting. I know when you first got saved or maybe when you went to church one time, if you grew up in the charismatic Pentecostal apostolic church and they poured the Pomeranian oil on your head and you were crying and you got on the altar and start saying Jesus, 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 Jesus. And they told you his name isn't Jesus, it's Jesus. They said, open your mouth, call his name out loud. And maybe you purged and were coughing and, and into a trash can or, or a napkin. And, and though uh, that experience experience, that practice is so relevant to many. Some of you are probably listening to me saying, Pastor George, what in the world are you talking about? That's a practice for deliverance. And so I remember, and I'll share the story with you. I remember I had to be about 13 or 14 and it was on an afternoon and there was a radio station. There was a radio station in my city called WJEM. I still remember it. It was where Jesus energizes me. And there was a song that came on the radio by a pastor, Tim Rogers, and I still listen to the song today, and it still touches my heart. But the song says, please don't let me fall. And in the song, the singer is just expressing his heart, and he's saying that this world is full of sin. There are so many temptations, but God, I really, truly love you, and hold me in your arms. Don't let me go. Please don't let me fall. And because the practice of de a practice that I saw that was congruent to the principle of deliverance that we were brought up on was purging. I remember going so vividly, going to the kitchen, getting a black trash bag, coming back to my room, putting the trash bag on the floor, and I started saying, loose me. Let me go in the name of Jesus. I command you, spirit, to loose me, to free me in Jesus' name. And I began coughing. I remember it. And I remember because of that was the level of my understanding as a child. Remember, I was 13 or 14. That was the level of the love that I had or because of what I knew. And it was a practice that I knew and had become accustomed to. I really believed in my heart that when I got up from the floor, I was changed. My heart was pure. My motive was pure. I 
was trying to follow and stick with the principle of letting go of those old ways. And I was using a practice that I saw, I, that I was accustomed to. Well, now that I'm a little older, have a little more understanding and a lot more love for God, I'm not denouncing that practice. But what I am saying is that that is just uh, the beginning or that is just a stage or a practice of deliverance, but deliverance is so much more in depth. Deliverance does not just start there or begin there and or it doesn't just end there. But real deliverance takes place when you get up from that altar, when you get up from that floor. If you're Catholic, when you leave, leave out the confessional booth, real deliverance takes place when you're at home and you're faced with that temptation again. Real deliverance is your ability to choose God over that undisciplined desire. Real deliverance is you are faced with that temptation, but I choose to let go of all those old ways of acting. I make a conscience decision, a conscience choice. That's deliverance. I was in another service recently, maybe a few weeks ago, and someone began speaking in my life and they saw that for the last few months, I've endured some hardships, some really hard things that take a toll on you emotionally. Though it has nothing to do with your spirit, but emotionally, it's like weights on you. And I began to tell the Lord, forgive me for not forgiving. If there's unforgiveness in my heart, forgive me for not forgiving. And I dropped down, I'm just being transparent with you, to my knees, and I just began crying out to the Lord. But once I left the service, and I got in the car, I told myself, now real deliverance starts. Real deliverance starts when no one else is there to see you, when no one else is there to hear you lash out. Real deliverance starts in your mind. Real deliverance starts when you make the choice to let go of old ways. I have so many people ask me about deliverance and talk to me about practices and principles, and they know the principle is this, that I must let go of old ways of acting, but they want to know what practice should I apply to my life, and how do I know the practice I need to apply? I tell people this, you know the practices you need to apply depending on the depth the depth or how deep you were in that old habit, in that old way of acting. How much did you give yourself over to that? Were you in an extreme place with it? Well, pastor, I was a smoker. I'm trying to stop smoking. I was a cusser. I'm trying to stop cussing. I dealt with anger. I'm trying to leave anger alone. What do I need to do? I was an extremist. Maybe you're a person, I smoke two packs a day. Uh, maybe you're a person Person that I can't speak without cussing. Maybe you're a person that you're dealing with some sexual temptations and I'm an extremist pastor. Just want to be honest. Well, if you were an extremist in that, it's going to take some extreme sacrifices and some extreme discipline, some practices that you're going to have to implement in your life if you're really going to let go of that old way of acting. If you were far out in the ocean, if you were far out in the ocean and you needed someone to rescue you, 
Would you want me throwing you a life jacket? I mean, you're all the way out in the ocean. I'm on the shore, and I just try my best to throw a life jacket at you. Well, I'm going to tell you now, it won't get far at all. You're going to drown in the middle of the ocean. Though I had what it took to help you, I didn't go to the necessary measures to get you from the depth of the ocean. At that point, you didn't need just a life jacket. At that point, you needed a helicopter to come to where you were, send down the ladder, send somebody down on the ladder with a life jacket to pull you up out of the water. So depending on your depth in sin, depending on your depth in that undisciplined desire, that is what it's going to take. And it's going to take extreme for you to come out of what you're in, for you to make the choice to let go of those old ways. I don't know about you, but I love the show, My 600 Pounds. And depending on their weight size, the doctor will put them on a certain calorie diet. Well, if they're bigger, that means they get to have less calories. Why? It's going to take something extreme to help you lose the weight before you can have the actual weight surgery. I'm trying to tell you that sometimes your practices may be extreme and you can't try to compare your practice to someone's practice who isn't extreme because you don't know the depth they were in sin. And listen to this, you don't know the hunger they have for righteousness. Sometimes people just want to be out of a thing, but they don't want to have the hunger and the thirst for righteousness that it takes to be filled with the new spirit. As we discover and digest God's word, the indwelling spirit within us will stimulate growth, which produces supernatural victorious strength. We must choose to let go of old ways of acting. Ephesians 4 and 22 and the Message Bible says this. Everything, and I do mean everything, connected with your old way of life has to go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it. First, we must choose to let go of old ways of acting. Ephesians 4 and 22, the Message Bible says, Everything, and I do mean everything, connected with your old way of life has to go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it. This isn't just a practice but this is the word of God. And I love the message translation. It says everything. And I do mean everything. I know right now in your mind, you're thinking about something that is attached to that old way of acting. And you're asking yourself this too. Everything. And I do mean everything. If you were in a relationship, I know you're thinking do I have to get rid of this too? Everything, and I do mean everything connected with your old way of life has to go. 
Well, pastor, that seems a bit extreme. If you are a person telling me that seems a bit extreme, you are a person I am definitely talking to. I'm talking to you because depending on the depth of your hunger and your thirst for righteousness, it will be your pursuit and your passion to walk in the freedom of the Lord. It will be your pursuit and your passion to become more like Christ. This is your responsibility to get rid of everything that is connected to your old way of life. It has to go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it. Are you telling me that I've got to get rid of some possession, some positions, and some people? I'm telling you, if you really want to walk in this new life in Christ, there are possessions, positions, and even people that you will have to get rid of or to rid yourself from. You are beginning a new journey. You're no longer living a life of survival and chaos, but now now you've got to transition to becoming more than a conqueror. It is time for you to conquer the situations you've been surviving in. It is time for you to conquer the chaos that you have been surviving in, and it will require you to get rid, to uh Purge yourself from everything that you were connected to in your old way of life. Principle number two, we must change the way we think. Real deliverance starts right now, whether you're riding in your car. Real deliverance starts right now, whether you're cooking, scrambling some eggs. Real deliverance starts right now, whether you're running the treadmill. Real deliverance starts right now if you're listening to this podcast and you're doing your homework. Real deliverance starts right now. It starts with you making the choice that I choose God over my undisciplined desire. And then when I make the choice to choose God over my undisciplined desire, I'm beginning a new practice and I'm getting rid of those things that are connected to my old way of life. But it's just not enough for me to discover this and get rid of those things that are connected to my old way of life if I don't change the way I think. Now, I have to allow deliverance. I have to allow the character of God. I have to allow the word of God to cultivate my thought process, to change my thought process. Well, how do you change what you think? Ephesians 4 and 23 says this, let the spirit, glory to God, change your way of thinking. Can I tell you, you cannot change on your own. You cannot be transformed on your own. You need the spirit of God to help you change what you think. What you can do is you can get rid of those things that you can get rid of. What you can do is you can guard what goes in your eye gates what goes in your ear gates. You can guard those things. You can guard the things that you bring into your space, but the spirit is going to have to change your way of thinking. Number three, we must put on, put on the character of Christ by developing new godly 
practices or new godly habits. It takes, according to the medical science, it takes 21 days to make something a new habit. It takes 90 days to make something a lifestyle. So if you do something consecutively for 21 days, it is now a habit, whether good or bad. If you do something consecutively for 90 days, it is now a lifestyle, a part of your lifestyle, whether good or bad. How long were you in bondage to sin? How long were you in bondage to that stinking thinking? How long were you in bondage? How long were you flirting with something that you knew you didn't have the power to fight? How long were you not maintaining your deliverance? How long did you stay out in the depth of the ocean before you realized I'm drowning? How far did you go out before you realized this is going to overtake me? Now, in order to break the power that that situation has on you, in order to break that strong the Bible declares that if you're going to go into a house, you got to first bind the strong man. You got to first find the root of that thing and you got to bind it up. Well, how am I going to do that? You have to now create, you have to develop new godly practices, new godly habits. For 21 days now, you've got to start something new. For 21 days now, you got to start something new. Well, Pastor, what are you? What, what am I going to do? I am committing with you for 21 days. I'm going to bring you a word every day. I'm going to make you hearing. I'm going to make it possible for you to hear the word every single day so you can create a new habit. We're going to have a 21-day journey to transformation. Did you hear that? I'm committed, but I can't be committed without your commitment. It will not work without your commitment. I'm committed with you. Are you committed with me? I'm committed to every day to seeking the face of God to see what word is going to stimulate growth in your life. You have to be committed to not just discover the word, but to digest the word and to allow the word to stimulate growth within you. We've got to develop new habits. We've got to develop new practices that we can implement in our lives that will break the power of those old bonds that were on us. I know you had done it for 90 days and it became a, a lifestyle for you. But now let's start new practices that we're going to continue for 90 days. We're going to continue for 180 days. We're going to continue for 365 days. We're going to continue for the rest of our life. Ephesians 4 and 24 and the New International Version says, put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holy. We today are making a decision to put on our new self. It's a new you. 
There's a song that says, it's a new season, it's a new day. I don't just want to, I want you to know, it's not just a new season and a new day, but it's a new you. Today, we are committing to a 21-day journey for transformation. We're changing our practices, and not only are we changing our practices, but we are putting on the new self We so we can be the created of God, so we can be the us that God desires from the beginning. And what are we going to do to do that? Number one, we've got to choose to let go of the old way of acting. Number two, we must change the way we think. Let the spirit change your way of thinking. Change what you watch. Change what you see. Change what you hear. They have a saying, if you change, the change will come. There are some things that you can stop blaming on the devil. You have some practices you can put in place to maintain your deliverance. That means there are some things you can't watch, some things you can't hear, some people you can't talk to, some people you can't associate with because they pull you back into those dark places and those dark areas of your life and your past and your future. You're trying to play tug of war between them both and you cannot uh, embrace the future while holding on to the past. Glory to God. Nothing in your past should be familiar if you're walking in the new, if people from your past are familiar and can still speak to places while you're in your new, that means you've been holding on to the past. Paul said, I forget those things which are behind me. So when they bring up rememberables or, or memorabilia, I can't even identify with that place or that person because I'm so in the new. You understand what I'm saying? I'm so in my new journey that I cannot even identify identify with those places, those people, and those things in my past. The only thing I'm bringing from my past into my future is lessons learned. And my future is calling me. My destiny is crying out for me. The earth is groaning and moaning for the sons of God to be revealed. The earth is calling for the word that is in my belly. The earth is calling for you to be who God has designed for you to be and your past is holding you hostage. Yo, no, 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 no. I correct that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are holding your past hostage. Thank you for correcting, Holy Spirit. Your past isn't holding you hostage. You are holding your past hostage. Your past is literally trying to be the past. And you are trying to make your past your present. And your present is not being is not sufficient. You are not meeting the needs of the present. And you'll be ill-equipped for the future. Because you are holding on to your past. Trying to relive your past. Trying to make your past your present. And your past is saying... I've let you go. That's why I'm the past. I want you to let me go. Paul said, I've got to forget those things which are behind me. My past has already forgot. That's why when you engage in those things of the past, you have to say, do you remember this? You know why? It's old. It's gone. It's done. Away with. You got to remember. You got to bring it back up in order for it to become in the present. And the past is saying, leave me alone. And the future is saying, there's a voice crying out in the silence, searching for a heart that is desperate, longing for a child that would give him his all. He wants it all today. The future, your destiny, your fate, your legacy, your lineage is saying, I am here. 
You don't have to worry. I can see your fear. But because of the unknown, we would rather hold hostage. We would rather hold our past hostage and then our present is suffering because we want to relive what we've experienced because I pray this word has blessed you today and transformed your life like it's done mine. I want you to subscribe, whether you're on Apple, whether you're on Android, Spotify, Anchor. I want you to subscribe to the Great City Church Podcast. We are on a 21-day journey for transformation. And I don't just want you to do the journey by yourself. But we want you to let your family know, Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, all the other parts of the world. We want you to let Ray Ray and Pookie know. They're always famous. Let your big mama know. Let your friend, your exes, the church used to say, even tell your enemy that your deliverance has come.